Masechet Ketuvot Dafchet. Today is all about Sheva Berachot. And as we're going to see, there are many parallels between wedding celebrations and also the customs regarding mourning. Uh, the commonality is that uh, when uh, someone's very, very happy, uh, the happiness is increased when you have friends and co- who come and give blessings. And also when someone is sad, uh, one is comforted by having friends come and uh, share in the sadness and cheer the person up. Uh, so that's why um, we see these two, you know, uh, milestones, uh, important events, emotional events in people's lives are going to have uh, almost parallel customs. So we begin to We bless the Berkat Chatanim, what we call today Sheva Berachot, where you need 10 people, Minyan, and you say them all seven days. Uh, we saw yesterday the conditions when um, this is when one of them, uh, it's a first marriage for at least one of them. says, we only say the Sheva, all seven of the Berachot, when there are new faces. So new faces is in plural, so you need at least two. Um, how do you define a new face? Someone who was not there at a previous, um, at the wedding or at a previous uh, uh, party. Uh, Rambam says, even if they, if they did not hear the berachot at the wedding, sounds like, according to Rambam, even if they were, uh, if they missed the ceremony, even if they were there for some of the dancing, they could still be a panim hadashot on the subsequent night. Others say the other way around, if they were at, uh, attended and were there for one of the meals beforehand. Um, so there's a lot of different definitions of what exactly is panim hadashot. Uh, does it have to be men? Can it be women? Can it be children? Okay, so all those are in- interesting discussions that the uh, Rishonim and Achronim discuss. Okay, now what do we bless when we say the Birkat, Birkot Hatanim? Amar of Yehuda, Baruch Atah Hashem Elokeinu Melech HaOlam, Shehakol Bara Lichvodo, we begin with an introduction that everything in the whole world is created for God's glory. Uh, this is really um, something that could be said at the beginning of the night when you have a large gathering there and so beautiful and everybody's so excited. And so it's just glorious and it's acknowledging that everything, everything in the world uh, is a testament to God's glory. So even though we really could say it at the beginning of the ceremony, we wait and we attach it to the other five berachot that we're going to um, uh, list here uh, so that they'll all be together. But that's why this is, in a way, a standalone beracha. Then we say, Thank you, Hashem, for creating human beings, creating mankind. Um, This is going to be also an intro to the next one that's going to end the same way. But the next one focuses in, kind of like on Google Maps, you start off with the, the whole universe and then mankind, and now we focus further on the relationship between man and woman. This also begins with Baruch. The first three all begin with Baruch. The first two are short Berachot, so that's it. This is a longer Beracha. Whenever we have a longer Beracha that has complex and has says more than one idea, so it begins and ends with Baruch. And here we are thanking Hashem for creating a man in his image, in the likeness of his form. Uh, this comes right out of Bereshit Perek Aleph, where it says, uh, Selem and Demut. The word Tavnit is quite interesting because it does not say that Hashem created mankind betavnito anywhere in the Pesukim. So this is an addition here. Um, it's a bit uh, interesting because in, uh, Rambam in Morende Bukhim says that while the word Selem and Demut can refer to a likeness um, that's not fi- a physical likeness, uh, but rather a spiritual likeness, we, have, we are endowed with uh, uh, um, creativity and intellect like our Creator. The word Tavnit, Rambam says, refers to a physical uh, shape of something, like the Tavnit of the Mishkan and the Kelim. So, at least according to Rambam, this word would be out of place here and does not actually appear in Tanakh. But I guess the idea is that our physical shape uh, is in some way uh, reflective of, symbolic of, the um, the non-physical shape of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Okay, Vidkin Lomi Menu, and furthermore, not only did Hashem create man, Adam, but also He created for Him, from Himself, 
uh, I don't think that the his here should be capitalized, but rather uh, Hashem created um, um, uh, from his own body, meaning from a side or, or a piece of Adam, uh, that's the Mimenu, and the law is for him because it's going to be Kinegdo uh, Ezer, a helpmate. So, a helpmate from him, a Binyan, a, a building, Ad, an eternal building. Why is, he, is this referring to Isha? Why is she called an eternal building? Well, the building part comes from the Pasuk, since it says Hashem fashioned, created, built. So, that's why the Isha. Shah is called a binyan and forever after because she is has the ability to to ability to procreate before that Adam would not be able to um, have children so now this allows him to be everlasting through uh, having children okay so beautiful baracha thanking Hashem for the creation not only of human beings in general there's a previous baracha but specifically man and woman and we end the same way Yosef Adam but with a renewed uh, appreciation of uh, the of, of uh, humanity. Um, okay, now next baracha does not start with baruch because it's a continuation. Whenever you have a series a series of berachot, like in the Amida, uh, like in Berkat Hamazon, so the first one starts with baruch, and the subsequent berachot uh, do not because they're attached to the one before. This one, this, even though this is the third beracha. It nevertheless starts with Baruch because the first two are introductory and really could be said separately. Uh, so the third one is actually the first in the series. Um, okay, so the, this uh, fourth one starts. Sos tasis uh, may the barren one, meaning the city of Jerusalem, uh, greatly rejoice and delight uh, with the uh, experience of the ingathering of her children to, into unto her with joy. Uh, so we're comparing Jerusalem to a woman who was barren um, since the exile. All the, the Jews have left Jerusalem, but we're hoping that she will once again see her children back. So it's appropriate that we're using imagery of having children uh, after we just mentioned the Binyan Ad, and so we're comparing Jerusalem to like a, a bride who will have children so it's really perfect and of course we're remembering Yerushalayim on our happiest day. Thank you Hashem for uh, gladdening Sion through her children. Okay and now we turn to the couple itself we ask Hashem to bring great joy um, to these loving friends, uh, meaning the bride and the groom who love each other and they're also beloved to everyone there. Just like Hashem, you brought happiness to your creations in Gan Eden all uh, in ancient times. Right back then when Adam and Chava were married, that there was no other uh, no other guests. It was Hashem alone. Hashem was the had to be the uh, you know the, the 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 groomsman, the best man, the the rabbi, the the caterer, everything. And so um, the angels too, I guess, were also invited, but they had exclusive attention of Akadosh Baruch Hu, and so too for each bride and groom, we uh, ask that Hashem give them that special, unique attention and bring them happiness, um, because this bride and groom, every bride and groom, is uh, unique and and is, stands in as if they are Adam and Chava. And so, thank you, blessed is Hashem who brings joy to Chatan and to Kala. Here they are separate, the groom and the bride, that each on their own uh, will enjoy this moment of happiness. This is going to be parallel to the ending of the next Baracha, where we change the Ve to Aim, uh, that they're happy with each other. So now the last Baracha starts with Baruch. This is unusual because it does continue the series. So why does it start with Baruch? We're going to see uh, soon that this Baracha also is standalone. If there are no Panim Hadashot, then we would say only this Baracha. So since it sometimes is said by itself, it starts with Baruch standalone. Maybe I should sing this. Okay, so we're thanking Hashem for the creation of joy, gladness, 
groom and bride, delight, exultation, happiness, jubilation, love and brotherhood and peace and friendship. We looked up every word in the thesaurus that we can that we can have for happiness. And so it's just an absolutely uh, beautiful beracha, just thanking Hashem for the emotion of joy and uh, uh, events that we can uh, celebrate. And now we have a request. This is all a quote from Yirmiyah chapter 33, Pasuk 11, uh, which is itself uh, a reference to Yirmiyah chapter 7. In Yirmiyah chapter 7, when he's predicting that the Jerusalem will be destroyed, he says, no longer will there be heard in the streets of Jerusalem the sounds of happiness and joy and bride and groom. But then in cha- later in chapter 33, he says, but don't worry, it's not permanent. And even though you're going to exile and the streets will be empty, but you're going to come back and once again, od yishama, right? Once again, will be heard in the seas of Ju- Judea and the streets of Jerusalem, sounds of joy and gladness, groom, sound of bride, the joyous sounds of grooms from their wedding canopy, of young people from their feast of song. Uh, so this is beautiful, especially to say, you can imagine for 2,000 years, every single wedding, uh, uh, Jews have been saying this, hoping that one day we can celebrate a wedding in Jerusalem. And now we continue to say it, even though, and all the more so that this uh, wish and dream and prayer has come true. So we say it now, not only as a prayer for that continued uh, growth and happiness, but also as in the sense of gratitude that this has, in fact, come true. And so now, because we're focusing attention on the marriage itself, so now this is the, it's not only the Chatan and Kala that are each happy on their own, but the coming together, the uh, sum is greater than the parts. Their, their joy together is exponentially uh, more fantastic. And so that's the note that we end on. Okay, we, we listed six Berachot. Why do we call it Sheva Berachot then? Because one of them is Bore Pri Hagefen, which is not listed here. We say Hagefen, just like we do for um, any ceremony, we want to do it like a toast. We want to say it with, uh, with wine, which brings more importance to it. Um, at the wedding ceremony, we say Hagefen at the beginning as an introduction, and so then we say the rest. Well, otherwise, when we have it, uh, we say Shabbat after a meal, the the wine serves double duty, uh, both uh, for the Berkat Amazon, which uh, in those days they would do all the time, like we do at the Pesach Seder, at the end of Berkat Amazon, whoever said the Zimun, then uh, says Bore Priagefen and drink. So since we're doing it for both, uh, we uh, when it's after uh, Berkat Amazon, we delay the Geffen till afterwards, because we want to make it clear that this Geffen is not just for the Berkat Amazon, but is also for the other six Berachot. And so by doing it all the way, all the way at the end and mixing the cups together, then we show that we are using it for both purposes. And that's how we get Sheva Berachot, uh, and, and so the Geffen addition to the six that we just mentioned. All right, beautiful. This is a wonderful source. And you see that the wording that we have today is word for word exactly the same as in the Talmud. And I checked the manuscripts and I couldn't find any significant differences, um, except for some mistakes in some manuscripts. But um, otherwise, it looks like the, the text of these brachot has remained the same. Levi ikla shimon One time Levi came to the house of Rabbi Udanasi for the wedding of the Rabbi Udanasi's son, Rabbi Shimon, and he only said five blessings. He skipped one. Which one did he skip? Uh, skip? It looks like he skipped Yosed Ha'adam. He didn't say that one. Rav Rav uh, however, Rav Asi, he went to the wedding uh, of, of, in the house of Rav Ashi for when he, his son got married, and he said all six blessings. That means six blessings plus He said all seven, as we mentioned before. So the question is, Levi, why did Levi skip the, the first Yosef Adam? So uh, here's an explanation. It could be that um, uh, one uh, one sage uh, thought that 
uh, the, there was only one creation of mankind, whereas the other thought there was two creations of mankind. So Levi, who skipped one, thought there's only one creation. What is he talking about? Um, the question is man and woman. Were, they, were there two creations? Was first man created? And then separately, um, a woman was created. Are those two acts? Or are they really all one creation? That first, a being was created that was half man, half woman, like two sides. And then we just split down the middle, but the splitting down the middle was just a uh, cosmetic surgery and was not a new creation in and of itself. And so Levi, who skipped Yosef Adam, he says, well, Adam was not created first and then, uh, and then woman after. No, it was all one creation, so we skipped the first Yosef Adam, whereas Rav Asi thought that there were two separate acts of creation and therefore two berachot that end Yosef Adam. So that's our first uh, attempt to answer. Then we say, no, lo dekula alma in fact, everyone agrees there was only one act of creation, and Adam and Chava were two sides. This idea of a being with two sides appears in uh, Plato, who, who quotes a, a myth that is uh, in some ways similar to it, but in some ways actually the, the rabbi's version is very different. For it. Um, anyway, Mor Sabad Batal Machshavazin, Mor Sabad Batal Maase Azlinan, whereas um, one sage says we should go by the plan. Uh, since Hashem planned to uh, have one, have two creations, therefore we should say two separate berachot. So that's Rav Asi. Mor Sabad Batal Maase Azlinan, whereas Levi, who uh, skipped the beracha, he says, no, we don't go by what Hashem planned to do, but what Hashem actually did. And where do we see this? Uh, uh, that there was a change of mind, uh, as if to say, Ki adam besalmo. In chapter one, it says Hashem created mankind. Besalmo, um, uh, but later on, it says Hashem created them, which means two creations, Zachad and Nekeva, each one was its own creation. So what you have here is really a uh, contradiction between two Pesukim. Like we know, there are two uh, uh, stories about creation. So here the first Pesuk is quoting Genesis 1, where it looks like there, there was one creation, uh, one time. Um, and uh, whereas in chapter 5, uh, it says Zachad and Nekeva, two separate ones. So how could we reconcile these two accounts of creation. Hashem thought, oh, best to make two separate creations, Adam and Chava. Um, I guess like, like the way uh, all other animals were created, everything was created uh, separately. But in the end, he said, you know what? I'm going to make them uh, one uh, at the same time. It's possible that the idea behind this agada is to emphasize the importance of family and monogamy. Uh, if everything's created separately, then they continue separately, like most of the animal world is not monogamous. But if something is created originally as one, man and woman together in one um, being, uh, one side and one side, and uh, that's the original state, and then only afterwards separated, uh, and th then uh, they're each looking for the other half. So we're li literally everybody is a half a person looking for the other half. And then when they come together, they go back to the natural state. So really being married is the natural state of human beings. So that might be the idea. Uh, here behind the behind this. Okay. Rav Ashe Ikla Lebe Rav Kahana Yoma Kama Berich Kolehu Mekan Velach Ika Panim Hadashot Berich Kolehu Veila Apusha Simcha Bealmahu Mevaresha Simcha Bem Ono Vasher Bara. Rav Ashe went to the house of Rav Kahana where, where there was a wedding. On the first day, he said all seven blessings, the actual day of the wedding. Afterwards, only if there were new faces present, then he would say all of the blessings. Because when you have new guests come, then it's uh, extra exciting, right? They, you bring, they bring renewed happiness. Like you weren't here at the wedding, now you're here. And so the bride and the groom and the guests are uh, feel a, a, a renewed happiness. So then it makes it's appropriate to say the Sheva Barachot. But if not, then it's merely extending, continuing the original celebration. So in that case, you wouldn't say all six, all seven, uh, but rather he would say Shasim Chabim Ono. This we haven't discussed yet. This is in Birkat Amazon during the Zimun. Instead of saying only 
Baruch Elokenu Shachal Mishalo. We add in a couple of words. Baruch Elokenu Shasimcha Bim Ono. Right? Blessed is Hashem whose dwelling is joy, or that joy is in his dwelling. Uh, we're attributing the uh, pristine, fundamental, absolute joy as up in heaven with uh, where God is. Uh, down here, you know, we feel joy, but it's always mixed with a little bit of uh, anxiety or worry or sadness. But absolute joy, uh, we are blessing Hashem, who, who is the source of joy, um, that he gave us this food and this meal. So that he would uh, say every day for every meal, even if there were no, no panim chadashot. And one berachah, the last one, of asher bara. Also, Borepiagif, and the Gemara is not even discussing that one. So you see here that this is the source of the custom that when there are no, no panim chadashot, we say only the last berachah. Okay, Mishiva ve'ad sheloshim, ben amar lehu mechamati lula, ben lo amar lehu mechamati lula, mevarech shasimcha bim'ono. So seven days that we just talked about. From seven until 30 days, this is interesting because we don't usually do anything after the seven days, but no, in fact, in the Talmudic times, from the seven till 30 days, whether the groom said to the guests that he's inviting them, uh, for the wedding celebration, or even if they happen to get together for some other reason, um, uh, but the brewer bride and the groom are there, they would still say, ono. for all 30 days, anytime the bride and groom are present at a meal, uh, it's appropriate, because we're still so happy about it, to say, ono in the Birkat HaMazon. After 30 days, if they're inviting everyone to say, hey, we want to have a celebration for the bride and groom, then, but if they just happen to get together for a Shabbat meal or for something else, then they would not say it. Now, when the, this last stage, that we only say, when we are inviting for their their honor, until when does that extend to? For how long? Until 12 months of a year, uh, one year. So you see here that, you know, for this is something that we have kept regarding Avelut, where we have one week and one month and one year, our special markers and uh, the that, that uh, go uh, lower and lower um, as uh, 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 as as the um, the period of mourning softens. Uh, here we see that in Talmudic times, weddings also had a period of seven days, thirty days, and one year. And now the question is, when do we start saying Shasim Chabim Ono? We would think it would be at the at the wedding, the the uh, reception. But no, even before, Amara Papa, not a Papi, but a Papa. The Papi talked about when we end. The Papa says we when we begin. It's when we put the barley into the mortar, meaning when we prepare the the beer for the wedding. So for many days before, maybe weeks before, they're preparing the food and everything. And so when they um, come to, to an end, when they finish preparing for the meal, and so now they're ready, they're all ready to celebrate, uh, everything's done. So then already from uh, beforehand, they start saying, Shasim Chabim Ono. Ini, hold on, is that true? Vehada papa, i asak le aba mor bere, ubrich me sheat erusin. The papa himself, he had a wedding. Uh, with uh, Abamor, his son. He made a wedding for his son, whose name was Abamor. And he said, during Berkat Amazon, from the time of Edusin, which might have been several months before. So it wasn't when he was uh, putting the beer and preparing the, the, preparing the wedding meal. The answer is, is different. He was very rich, and so therefore everything was already prepared for him. He didn't have to do anything. So he just he was sitting back and was so excited about the wedding. He wasn't involved in, in be, being busy. So he was able to say, already from beforehand. It's kind of like today. We have engagement party and sebit uh, and lots of uh, celebrations before. Anticipating the wedding. Ravina Yasak Libre Be Rav Haviva. Ravina um, arranged a wedding for his son who was marrying a girl from the house of Rav Haviva. Rav Haviva's daughter was marrying Ravina's son. Ubrich Meshat Erusin, and he did just like Rav Papa. He started saying Shasim Chabim Ono during Berkat Amazon. 
even from the time of Erusin. Why? A uh, different reason than Papa. Amar Kimli de la Hadrei Behu. says, I know him. I know Rab Chaviva. He's a good friend. And he's not going to change his mind, right? We decided the Erusin. We decided all the conditions. And I know for sure it's going to go ahead. So I'm already so excited. In other cases, you know, you never know. Are they going to break it off? Is it going to happen? So they're not so excited until it actually happens. La Istaya Amilta. But he was overconfident and... It didn't. It didn't work out. Uh, they broke up. Another story of Tachlifa um, uh, went. He was from Eretz Israel. He went to Bavel. And he said six long berachot. We saw above that the first couple of berachot are short, right? This is one line. And he added more, he added more words and made them more lengthy. Um, but the halacha is not like him, right? The sages coined the berachot exactly word for word. And so therefore we should not change it, not, not to make it shorter and not to make it longer. Rav Chaviva, that Rav Chaviva just talked about, mehula. he once came to a circumcision. Oh, no, he was so happy. Isn't this fantastic? We're doing a mitzvah. We're welcoming a new baby. So in Berkat Amazon, he introduced it with Shasim Chabim Ono. But we do not follow that as halacha. Mishum de tridi de'it le sa'ara liyanoka. Because actually the people are anxious, especially the parents, because the baby is experiencing pain. So even though, yes, it's a happy occasion and we have a celebration, we have a meal, all that, still it's not appropriate to say Shasim Chabim Ono when uh, we feel bad for the crying and the pain of the little baby. That's nice. Uh, you can, Rav says that the groom is, can be counted as one of the ten men uh, in order to uh, say the the Sheva Berachot, but Avelim are not counted, counted among the ten. We'll see, we're going to see for what. Hold on, how could Rav say that? If after all we have a Baraita that says Chatanim and Avelim are both counted. So the answer is Matnita Karamit Rav Rav Tanahu Palig. What are you asking from a Braita against Rav? Rav has the status of a Tana. He's very early Amora. He learned from the uh, Tanaim himself, and therefore he has the status of a Tana, and he can argue on a Baraita. Interesting, we apply this to, in several cases on a Braita, but we don't we do not say that Rav can argue with a Mishnah. Mishnah is more authoritative. Okay, so Rav argues there's two different opinions. Okay, now we bring a same thing for the Biochanan. Itmar Amar. Rabbi Yitzchak Amar Rabbi Yochanan Hatanim Min Haminyan Ven Avelim Min Haminyan He said the same thing as Rav that a groom can be part of the Minyan but Avel cannot be part of the Minyan let's explain why Rav and Rabbi Yochanan say there's a difference for the Chatan to uh, uh, participate in the Sheva Berachot and or in the saying Shasim Chabim Ono in Berkat Amazon makes sense because the Chatan is also joyous and participating in the joy. He in fact has to make the bride happy. And so he is participating. Whereas when it comes to comforting the mourners, the guests are comforting the mourners. The mourners themselves are not comforting anyone, right? They are the recipients of the comfort and therefore you need 10 uh, men to be to be there having a meal with them or saying that we're about to see uh, to the uh, to the mourners and uh, the mourners ha- the mourners are not included in this so it's fundamentally different okay now we ask about hold on we have a baraita that says chatanim and avelim both can count we answer that the Baraita that says Chatanim can join, that's talking about Bekat Amazon. The, the, uh, the Avelim can join. The Avelim are, after all, Chayavim in Bekat Amazon. Um, and so since they have to say Bekat Amazon, they can join in the Zimun uh, to be 10. And since they're joining in the, in, the, in the Zimun, so they also will respond to the addition. And we say Bekat Amazon, Baruch Menachem Avelim, Shachan Mishelo. That's fine. When Rabbi Yochanan said that we do not include Avelim in the 10, that's talking about the rose. In those days, they had a custom that at the cemetery, right after the burial, the people that came, that came to uh, accompany would stand in rows 
and the mourners would then um, uh, go down the row, and each person would say something, say words of um, of nehama. So that is only done when there is ten. Besides the mourners, which makes perfect sense, the mourners are the ones being addressed by the ten. Interestingly, we don't give the Rabbi Yochanan the same answer we did for Rav. For Rav, we said, oh, Rav is a Tanah, he can argue. Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Yochanan, however, is not. Rabbi Yochanan, first of all, is a bit younger um, than Rav, and so did not have that status, and so we do not have a principle that uh, Rabbi Yochanan can argue on a Baraita. So instead, we offer this other answer. Now, this statement of Rabbi Yochanan, we're going to see two more versions of it. Each version is a bit longer. And this version, we say, we add more words. We, there is a, we say the blessing uh, for the grooms only if there's ten. And we can count the groom among the ten. But regarding the Baracha of Avelim, we also need ten, but the Avelim do not count among the ten. Now, if you're going to tell me that just talking about the rows that we make at the cemetery, there's no Baracha there. We just say, uh, you know, uh, uh, we don't say a whole Baracha there. So what is it talking about? Oh, rather, when Rabbi Yochanan said, uh, his statement, he was actually talking about what happens in the town square. After they come, they leave the cemetery, they come back to the town square, then also the people would gather, the comforters, and they would actually say a beracha. Uh, we don't have this beracha, but we're about to quote um, a, a series of berachot in a way parallel to the the six berachot that we have for weddings. And so there they would say berachot. Those berachot have to be said with 10 people Besides the We have yet a third version of Yohanan's statement. And this one is exactly the same, except it adds that we say the blessing for Khatanim only with ten people all seven days. That's true. We say all seven days when there's a minyan. And panim chadashot and all that. Um, but bekat avelim, we say with ten, with ten people, all seven days, and we don't count avelim. So the, this custom of saying the blessings in the town square, do we say that all seven days? We only say that the first day after the mourners come back from the cemetery. So the answer is chadashot. Oh, you didn't know that, but in fact, we would say the berachot for the uh, for mourners even from days two to seven, if there are new people that weren't there, um, weren't there for the funeral originally. And just like um, our happiness is renewed at a wedding, when there are new people, new guests that come we didn't see before, so too a mourner's sadness is renewed uh, when he sees another friend, another person to come to comfort him that wasn't there before. And so therefore it's appropriate to once again repeat the Birkat um, Avelim. Okay. Now we're going to bring a long agada, a long story. The point of this story is number one that we is such a thing as berkat avelim, and we'll see a series of five berachot that was said. And second, we're going to see that these were said on day two, not on the day of burial. Okay. So um, uh, there was a case of Rav Chiyabat Abba, um, who was the teacher of the of the children of Reshakish. Reshakish's kids had a makre. He taught him Tanakh, Likrot. He taught them, he was a, um, a first grade teacher. Rabbi uh, Chiyabar Abba was the first grade teacher of Reshakish's children. Others say, no, no, it was the uh, sixth grade um, uh, teacher who taught the kids Mishnah. Okay, Shachib le Yanoka. One time, sadly, uh, a child of Rabbi Chiyabat Abba died. Yoma kama lo did not go and visit him the first day, whatever reason. On the next day, Reshakish did go to visit his son's teacher, 
and he took with him his Miturgeman, whose name was Yehuda Bar Nachmani. Miturgeman wasn't actually translating from one, to one language to another, but rather the disseminator or spokesperson. The rabbi would speak softly, and he had a person who next to him who would elaborate and speak loudly on whatever the rabbi said when it was when he was giving a public lecture. And so he would he, he, he they went together to uh, comfort. Uh, tells his spokesperson, right, stand up and say something uh, regarding children, uh, regarding the comfort of and, and what it means to lose a child. Uh, so it seems that the spokespeople, they weren't, uh, they weren't only repeating word for word everything that the rabbi said. They also had their own independence and their own. They were, they were uh, learned on their own. And so the case say something. He abhorred them due to the provocations of his sons and his daughters. What does this mean? When you have a generation where the fathers are angering HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then Hashem is, uh, takes out his anger on their sons and daughters, and they die as children. Well, how could this be? Doesn't Hashem not uh, uh, um, bring punishment on children on account of their fathers? Um, several answers. One is that that's if the kids are adults. If the children are adults, but when they are children, they're considered like part of the household, the um, uh, part of the uh, entity of the, of the father. And so uh, it could happen when they are, when they are small. All right. In any case, this is what he says. You know, why these? Why your this, your child die? Must be that the fathers are sinning. Or another version of the story is Bachur Hava. In fact, it was not. He did not. Rebchiyah did not lose a small child, but a young adult. Bechol Zot Lo Shavapo, the Od Yadone to Ya Pesukim from Pasuk from Yesha Ya. Hashem will have no joy in the young men, Bachurav. That's what it's talking about a Bachur. No, Hashem is not going to have compassion on the orphans and widows because everyone's a flatterer, an evildoer. Every mouth speaks obscenity. That's what we're going to focus on, called Dober Nebala. And Hashem, is, His anger is not turned away. Even after He punished them, His hand is still outstretched, waiting to give further punishment upon these young men. Okay, What does that mean, that His, his, hand, his hand is still outstretched, is still Punishment, possible punishment hanging there. So Rav says is referring to a person who speaks profanity. For example, everybody knows why a bride goes into the chupa. The chupa doesn't mean the a uh, little canopy that we make in the middle of the Beit Knesset, but rather the home that the, that the groom, bride and groom go to after, uh, 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 at the end of the wedding, where they consummate. Everybody knows what happens there, and so you don't have to say things explicitly. But anyone who defiles his mouth and speaks about such things explicitly, um, even if he had a positive decree for of 70 years and it was sealed and everything he did is good but doing that one negative thing of prof- of uh, a verbal profanity that will turn it to bad that's the punishment uh at the the hand stretched out to give punishment to anyone who's dober nevala so um the idea is that this bachur uh will just like the yeshayas bachurim will be punished for kol dover nevala, that's why this young person died. Now, if you're wondering, you know, this doesn't seem very comforting. The Gemara wondering the same thing. This is like the friends of Yov, right? They they're coming. They came to comfort Rabbi Haya, and instead the Metur Geman is saying all these negative things, causing him distress, uh, saying, oh, it must be either your fault, you sinned, and that's why you caused your son to die, or your son was uh, said terrible profanities, and that's why he died, just making him feel worse. 
worthy, significant, important enough that you are uh, caught for the sins of your generation. In other words, it's not because you sinned, but not because your son sinned, but rather you are a leader of the generation. You are you are a very righteous person, and therefore, um, when other people, other other people who are sinning. Uh, then you, because you're a great leader, you are um, held responsible and punished. But it wasn't actually attacking him. Uh, so that is a comfort uh, to say that this loss has meaning and we all have to make teshuva. He's not saying you have to make teshuva. Okay. And then, so all that was, uh, you can say, it was one beracha that he said. Um, and then he said, okay, um, Reshakish told his, um, his Meturgeman, say something praising Hashem. Just like in the Sheva Berachot, we start off with praise of Hashem, uh, right? So here too, the Meturgeman, Patach Ve'amar, Ha'el Ha'gadol Berov Godlo, Adir V'chazak Berov Noraot, Me'chayim Etim Be'ma'amaro, Se'gadolot Ad En Ha'ike Niflaot, Ad En Mispar, Baruch Ata Hashem, Me'chayim Etim. Hashem who is great in abundance and greatness, mighty and strong, abundance and awesome deeds, revives the dead, um, and thereby fulfills his promise, who does great deeds beyond comprehension, wondrous deeds without number, Hashem revives the dead. So this is would be appropriate to say when someone died, we talk about techayat hametim. We do have another beracha that we still do say today that ends with mechayat hametim, and that's the blessing that one says when you visit a cemetery for the first time in 30 days. Um, there is a baracha. For some reason, not everybody says it, but it's appropriate to say that baracha. You can find it in the Sidurim. Okay, so this would be uh, a praise. So this is the uh, second baracha that we see. He said, Amalekum. I mean, the first one was not actually baracha. The first one was a dirasha. But all right, the second item he said, Amalekum emamilata keneget avelim. Nashikish says, say something for. For, regarding the mourners. It's interesting, the first thing he said was a nice derasha. Here he's actually saying berachot. So you wonder if the meturgeman is, is he making up berachot on the spot? Uh, or is he simply reciting uh, established berachot that the rabbis had already uh, formulated? Um, it's more likely, I, I think, the second, because you can't, you don't just usually don't just make up ad hoc berachot on the spot. Um, so maybe he's saying, you know, you since you're the announcer, say it out loud, the the appropriate beracha. Um, okay. Anyway, so what is this uh, this nice blessing? Uh, it says, "A brothers who are exhausted, who are overwhelmed by this morning, set your hearts to examine this. My pay attention to this. This is what stands forever. It is a past from the six, six days of creation. Six days of creation. In other words, death has already existed and uh, always did and always will. Many have drunk." Drunk meaning from the cup of death. Many will drink. Listen, you're not the you're not the first, and you're not the last to lose a loved one. And as a consequence of the drink of the first, so too will be the consequence of the, of those who of the last who will drink. In other words, what you're feeling uh, will be felt again by those who lose people in the future. Um, but luckily, we have, Hashem will comfort us, and so therefore, blessed Hashem is Hashem who brings comfort to mourners. Okay, interesting kind of a stoic sounding beracha. Uh, uh, way after that, that story, um, yeah, as, uh, after uh, Resh Lakish's uh, first, second generation, Abayez in Bavel, fourth generation. He's, so this is a beracha that seems to have continued. Abayez knows about it. And he says, yes, yeah, appropriate to say many have drunk from the cup of death in the past. But don't say Rabim Yishtu Lolema, don't say in the few for the future, why you want to bring a curse upon yourself. The drink of the earlier ones, that's say about the few about the past. It's true. Many people have died in the past. But we don't have to uh, focus our attention on uh, people drinking the the cup of death in the future. After all, this is Rashakish himself who we, we just talked about. And even it's even a baraita. 
from the name of Rabbi Yosef. Open your mouth to Satan. You shouldn't uh, uh, suggest, make suggestions about possible bad things that can happen in the future because Satan's listening. He says, oh yeah, that was a good idea. I wasn't thinking of killing that guy. You know what? Maybe I will. So always a bad idea to mention uh, negative things that didn't happen yet. Where do we see that this is true? Uh, in Yeshaya uh, 1 9, he says, We, the Bene Israel, are like Sedom. We are similar to Amorah. The evil of the people is like it. So at first, he just says a similarity. But then the very next Pasuk, it becomes a reality. It becomes fully true. And to the point that he says, Listen, you rulers of Sedom. So they went from being like Sedom to being actually Sedom. Amale, kum emamileta kenegim menachame avelim. Okay, now let's say another uh, blessing for the comforters. Petach ve'amar, achenu gomle chasadim bene gomle chasadim. Hamachazikim bebrito shel Abraham abinu. Our brethren, the people who give uh, acts of kindness, who are the children of those who give, uh, who do acts of loving kindness, um, and who follow the covenant with Abraham Avinu. Was it to Abraham Avinu? Because it says, Mar ki dativ l'man asher sevet bana. Uh, since it says about Abraham that he taught his children to do uh, justice and righteousness, so this is a, a way of being uh, one of the children of Abraham Abinu to do loving kind, acts of loving kindness. So the comforters who are coming, they are following that tradition. It's wonderful uh, mitzvah that they are accomplishing. And therefore, Hashem, who is the master of uh, bestowing good, should bestow to you good for having come, coming, having come and been gomlech hasadim. Baruch atah Thank you, Hashem, who rewards those who do good deeds. Okay, it's beautiful. This the pasuk that we quote in the middle is in parentheses in the printed editions because the Maharshal suggests removing it. However, if we check the manuscripts, you can see that it's in parentheses in this printed in the in the Vilna edition, but it exists in the two in the in the Venice first printing and it exists in pretty much all manuscripts that are represented here. Um, and so this line, uh, um, the, the beautiful pasuk from Abraham should, in fact, uh, looks like be in the Talmud. All right. God Amar Kum Israel. Finally, Shakish tells his Geman, say something about all of Israel. Uh, nice to end on a, a bigger note. And so he said, Hashem, please redeem and save, rescue and deliver your people Israel from pestilence, sword, spoil, blight, mildew, all types of affliction that erupt in the world. Uh, I guess the idea is now that we're, we're mourning over this particular loss, so we're thinking of other losses and we hope Hashem will prevent and all other uh, tragedies to come. Terem nikra Even before we call Hashem, you already answer. Thank you, Hashem, for stopping the plague. All right, so this we have actually here just one, two, three, four berachot um, uh, that he actually said um, in addition to some agadah that he said in the beginning. So we don't have uh, six whole berachot like we do for the uh, wedding. I guess it's appropriate to say more blessings for happiness than for sadness. But you see here that there is in fact a series of berachot avelim and they were recited and the story when we started we noted that he didn't come the first day this was recited on the second day and he was with two people so these are panim hadashot that were not there at the funeral and so they said these berachot so you see it sounds like these weren't just berachot that the maturgaman made up on the spot but rather um, perhaps there was a, a lot of different types of berachot one could say and as Shakish said you know let's uh, he uh, as appropriate for each, each occasion he would say say something about children if it was in fact a child say something about you know famine if it was because of famine so um, perhaps the berachot uh, were set uh, but exactly which berachot you said for each occasion might have been something that one decided 
based on each situation. But in any case, we do say we do see that Birkot Avelim were said all seven days if there was a minyan and if there was Panim Chadashot. So this emphasizes the similarity between um, celebrating weddings and mourning over loss. Uh, a lot of the mourning customs have fell out of use nowadays, but it's really fascinating to see. Um, how they once were practiced. Originally, the rabbis established that there should be 10 drinks of wine said in the bet, that were drunk in the Bet Avel. On uh, Onen, before the burial, cannot have wine or meat, but in Avel, once after the burial, can, and they would have that practice to calm the nerves and uh, and help the avail through that uh, ancient form of antidepressants. Three, the mourner would eat, drink before the meal in order to open up his appetite. It's important for the mourner to to eat. Sometimes people go into depression, then they stop eating, and then they get even worse. So you open it up. During the meal, have another three drinks so that the food will be soaked up there and digest well. For after the meal, one for each of the four berachot that was uh, recited in Birkat Hamazon. So that's ten altogether. Then the sages added four more. Fourteen cups of wine. You thought the four cups at the Seder were a lot. Each one was in honor of different different people. The Chazanim. Chazanim in those days does not mean the cantor, but rather the Chazan means one who is Chazer, the overseer. The overseer of the of communal needs was called the Chazan. And the Parnasim, the, uh, the philanthropist of the city and for the, to remember the Bet HaMikdash and one for Rabban Gamliel in particular. We'll see why he deserves his own cup. So they began doing this, what the rabbi said, adding more four more, and everyone became completely drunk, and this was not good. So they went back to only 10 cups. That wasn't I guess they didn't get so drunk from the, just the 10 cups. My why did they have a special uh, drink for the Bangam Liel? A toast to him? Um, originally, people would spend a lot of money on the, on the funeral, on the, 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 the shrouds for the, uh, for the deceased. And it was so bad that the uh, tax, the payment that the, that the family had to pay for the burial was it was hard a bigger hardship than actually losing the loved one right it's one thing oh they lost I lost my loved one and now I have to pay this huge amount that's even worse it was so bad that they would just leave their loved one unburied and they would run away so that they wouldn't have to pay and then the community the communal fund would have to pay for it this is not a good situation we shouldn't be feel the uh, uh, burden on top of a loss. And so he uh, instructed that when he himself died, he said, bury me in simple shrouds. He treated himself in a light way. And in fact, they buried him in simple linen garments. And then from then on, no matter what, rich or poor, important, not important, everyone was buried in plain linen garments, which is the custom until today. I think across all communities, we use a very plain, very plain linen garments and plain wooden box, um, no matter for whom. In our cemetery, we also have uh, standardized stones so that people doesn't have no one, one person doesn't make a big mausoleum, another one tall stone and short stone. Everybody's equal. Papa said today, everyone is accustomed to, to, to bury in a very plain garment, even in rough cloth, not even in, in uh, linen, but serada, which is even cheaper. It's only worth one zoos, um, but uh, that's uh, appropriate. That way no one will feel an overburden of having to pay, and they can concentrate on their loss and on, deep, on being comforted. May we all be comforted with the mourners of Jerusalem. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.